or an American child who is being raised in the spirit of personal freedom, um, free speech and free expression, it is so hard to fathom that their mother was thrown in a cold prison cell because of something that she either said on the air or published as a journalist. Vladimir Putin continues to take Americans hostage. On October 18th, authorities in Kazan detained Alsu Kurmasheva, a dual U.S.-Russian citizen and a journalist with Radio Free Europe's Tatar Bashkir service, and charged her with violating Russia's absurd foreign agent law. She faces five years in prison for the alleged crimes of being an American and being a journalist. Russia's also denied her consular access despite repeated requests from the U.S. State Department. And this isn't Putin's only hostage, but this one's personal. Alsu is a friend and a former colleague of mine at Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, and I'll be joined today by her husband to discuss the case and the efforts to free her. So stick around. Hello from my makeshift office studio in Washington, D.C.'s trendy DuPont Circle neighborhood, and welcome to the Power Vertical Podcast, which is produced by the University of Texas Arlington's McDowell Center for Global Studies in partnership with the Atlantic Council. I'm your host. My name is Brian Whitmore. I'm an assistant professor of practice at the UT McDowell Center and a non-resident senior fellow at the Atlantic Council's Eurasia Center. And joining me from Radio Free Europe, Radio of Liberty's Washington headquarters is my old friend and former colleague, Pavel Butorin, director of Current Time Television, a Russian language language television channel produced by RFERL in cooperation with Voice of America. Welcome to the podcast, Pavel. I wish we were meeting under happier circumstances. Hi, Brian. Thank you for having me. Indeed, uh, I wish I was uh, seeing you under different circumstances, but here we are. Here we are, and hopefully soon enough we will be meeting under better circumstances. Pavel, get us started just like on a personal level. How are you doing? How are your daughters doing? I can't imagine how difficult this must be. Oh, man, this is a difficult time. I'm not going to lie. It's been tough for their family. Our uh, daughters have been without a mother for more than six months now. Um, we're a strong family. I'm blessed to uh, share a household with very strong, beautiful uh, daughters, uh, teenage daughters. Um, uh, I'm lucky that they have uh, all the necessary support of their school, their teachers, their friends, our family friends, my colleagues. Um, but it's been tough uh, on them, tough on me. Uh, their mother does not deserve this treatment. Uh, she belongs with her family, not in a cold Russian prison cell. Yeah, and, and um, you know, I get it. Uh, amen to that. I mean, it just, I have seen the inside of Russian prisons as a journalist, of course, not as an inmate. And I, the, the thought of my worst enemy being in one of those medieval places uh, you know, bothers me, let alone somebody as, as sweet and kind as, as, as also. Um, let's, let's kind of, just for those who haven't been following this among our listeners, can you kind of, Run down the details of the case. How did this all come about? How did Alsu end up in a prison cell in Kazan? So Alsu traveled to Russia in May uh, for what was supposed to be a brief trip. Uh, it wasn't a reporting assignment. It was a humanitarian visit. Uh, she was there to help out her ailing mom. Um, uh, she was supposed to be there no longer for uh, no longer than two weeks. And then minutes before she was about to board her plane. Uh, back home you know, to, to, to me and her daughters. Her name was called up on a loudspeaker at the airport. Um, you know, she had no other choice but to comply. They took both of her passports, U.S. and, and Russian. They immediately seized her phone. Um, and then after hours of interrogation, Elsu was released, um, but they wouldn't let her leave the country. country 
And so then later she was charged with the, you know, not reporting her American citizenship to Russian authorities, which is now a criminal offense in Russia. And so, but this is not the end of it. So this case and you know dragged on for months and months. Right. This is back in the summer, basically. She was originally exactly right. back. Right. And um, and uh, and and so this case dragged on until October. And in early October, a judge issued a, a small fine, relatively small fine, about a hundred dollars, for not declaring her uh, U.S. passport. But before even she was able to pay the fine, while her lawyer was on leave on a planned vacation, um, uh, on October 18th, police came knocking on the door of her mother's apartment and took her away, also away. So this was in, this, this was in October. So this that was, was not in, October. In this case, it dragged out. Now, we know she's been denied consular access. Do you know why that's the case? That that seems to be a violation of, of, of some convention, for sure. She's an American citizen. She should have access to... to, to Honestly, I don't know. Again, I have very limited communication with the Russian authorities. I'm not a Russian citizen. I'm, uh, I'm also his husband, who is not physically in Russia. Um, you know, her... The fact that she also has uh, has a Russian citizenship may be a factor. Right. I'm not entirely sure because when I'm what I've heard from the State Department is that you know they're having cases with dual nationals uh, that have been granted uh, consular access fairly soon. So I need this to happen soon. You know, also right. is an American citizen, naturalized or born American. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We all have the same rights, and you know, her she has a right to consular access as someone who is imprisoned, I think, unjustly in Russia by Russian government. And so she needs to see a consul as soon as possible. Now you gave you you you've relinquished your Russian citizenship. Balsu has obviously not. Is that correct? That is correct. I uh, I, I renounced my Russian citizenship some time ago. Because they make it very hard to renounce your Russian citizenship. I know this from from other dual nationals that I talk to about this issue. Well, it's a procedure that I went through. Uh, you know, it's doable. It's not easy, but it's you know it takes time. But you know, it's doable. You know that, but that's not. Again, we are free people. Also, as a free person, if she wants to be able to travel to right. Russia as someone who has a Russian passport, she should be able to do that. Right. She shouldn't be able to be afraid to go and see her mother. Right. We all have, you know, freedom of movement. Right. Americans are Russians, and um, and so yes, it was an, an it wasn't an easy decision. You know, it was a it was a difficult decision. We had discussed this. She was aware of the risks. Um, I remember because you were in Washington at that time. We we met for dinner, and, I, and you said that also had gone back to Russia. And I was like, "Ooh, is that a, is that a good idea?" Well, honestly, it's not a good idea. It was not a good idea then. Not a good idea now. Uh, and um, you know, I understand that, and I I do see a lot of comments in social media. People are telling me, "Well, what did you think?" You know, huh? you know, she should have known better. Uh, and but listen, now is not the time to blame the victim. Right. So is is a victim of Russian repression. You know. So my my focus now is to help secure her release. I can't be dwelling on this longer. Listen. Now the focus is uh, it's getting her out. Getting her out. Getting her out. And did you? I mean, I, you, I'm not sure if you you have any sense of this, but what what do you think drove this? Was it her journalism? Was it was it something she wrote or said on air? Or was it just, let's grab an American? Because there's a lot of this going on right now. I see uh, more of the latter, I think, because, uh, again, she had traveled to Russia after uh, uh, February 2022, after the full-scale invasion, without incident, 
they they knew that she uh, had an American passport. They knew that she was a journalist with Radio for Europe. Uh, something happened since the you know the the uh, the, the fall twenty twenty two mobilization order. Since you know we've seen a lot of crackdown and uh, and uh, and so they, they uh, again they. They could have charged so many more Russians who live in Russia right. with failure to register as a foreign agent. Right. But they somehow waited for an American citizen who found themselves in this uh, very vulnerable humanitarian situation. Right. Uh, she was in Russia, uh, uh, you know, to say how about her mother. She wasn't there on a reporting trip. And it, it, this case, the first such case also is the first such case where someone has been charged and now imprisoned for failure to register self-register as a so-called foreign agent now, now have you you you've had contact with her have you been able to get like uh I mean I understand there's been some written communication is that is, is that correct uh so the, yes uh, there is a way uh to communicate with Alsu uh uh officially through a, a website it's a paid service but it only takes uh Russian issued uh payment cards uh-huh something that I don't have. Um, we know that um, that communication is censored, quite officially censored. Um, we know that. Um, so when I say censored, that means that, you know, because she cannot communicate with us freely, I can't be 100 percent certain that she's treated with the dignity and respect right. that she deserves. Right. You know what I mean? Like, even if I see positive messages right. and letters from her. We can't be normalizing this detention, you know. Right. Like, I, by the way, same applies to Evans uh, communication. Right. Yeah. You know, when, when he's like, "Oh, you know, he's smiling," or you know, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll soon send positive letters. She translates, you know, taught her poetry. That's fine. You know, she's a positive person. She's trying to, you know, make, make the best of this horrible situation. But I can't be normalizing her detention. It's unjust. It's wrongful. She should be released. Now. You're, but she is she is getting out. You're 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 communicating. What's she saying? What's your sense of how she's holding up? I mean, you know her well. She's your wife. I mean, you could you could. There's ways to say things between the lines. Uh, what do you, what kind of sense are you getting from her? Um, she. What I know for sure from her letters is that she misses her family very much. She misses her children very much. Um, she has access to very few books. Mm-hmm. Books that are allowed by prison authorities. Uh, I know that it's cold in her cell. I know that that cell sometimes gets overcrowded. Um, uh, I I I, uh, I would like to see these conditions improve. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. that um, she has limited sunlight. Uh, I know that you know she has a small, very small window, very, very, very uh, high and on it, uh, close to the ceiling. She doesn't really see the sky. She uh, she has access to the prison courtyard, I think, which is again very small. Uh, now, mind you, Al Su is not a convicted criminal, not even under Russian law. She is a, a suspect. Uh, the the this offense that she's unjustly charged I with. Dry dive into that. A little yeah, bit. yeah, it's not a violent crime. It's right. not a violent crime, and uh, you know. I'm not a lawyer, uh, but you know I think it's a fair expectation that for nonviolent cl- crimes, people shouldn't be. She's in a remand prison in Kazan, as I understand. Yeah. yeah. Now she's been charged with vi- the first offense was not reporting the American passport. Right. The second offense was being a foreign agent because she was gathering information, which I always thought that's what journalists do. So well, this is what I've been saying to in all my press appearances. 
Well, number one, she was not there on a reporting trip. Right. <clears throat> I have to say that. Number two, isn't that the job of a journalist? To gather, to gather information for publication. Right. That, that's, that's exactly the definition of being a journalist. And, uh, you know, by this definition, so what? Putin is also a foreign agent because he gathers information and then shares it. Everybody's a foreign agent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're all gathering information exactly. several times. Yeah. This is completely uh, unjust. Uh, these are all BS accusations that I, I completely deny, and I know that also denies too. And they know this because they're—I mean—they're basically gaslighting us. This kind of stuff. I mean, this is the—they, the, the—it's there. You know, there is a history in Russia of absurd crimes, people being accused of of absolutely absurd crimes. And from the the legal perspective, it just doesn't matter. They're going to do whatever they want. So, I mean, I, how how are you approaching this legally? How is the lawyer approaching? Um. Yeah, so uh, also has representation locally. Um, so good professional lawyers. Um, I will say though that being a lawyer, especially in human rights cases, that's you know already an endangered profession. Right. To be honest, in Russia, we know from other cases. Right. So I, I, you know, I, I very much respect their work. Don't envy their position. Um, but uh, I will say this though. Alsu cannot rely on Russian courts for justice. Of course not. No, uh, uh, the Russian judiciary is is hardly independent. <laughs> hardly independent. There's literally only one uh, branch of government. In right. Russia, exactly. Right? Branch. Everything, yeah, yeah. Everything else is just subservient. What I teach my students. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. and, and and you know, let's make no mistake. By the way, same applies to Evan. Uh, they can't. Neither Alsu. Nor Evan can rely on Russian courts for justice. This is why we need as much awareness as possible, and we need more involvement from the United States government. Yeah, and this is this is exactly where I wanted to go, Paolo, because this is this is where it's going to be decided. Basically, it's going to be decided in the political realm, not in the in 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 the, in the legal realm. And like, how I mean, how how should I phrase this? Are are you satisfied with the help you're getting from the U.S. government with what the State Department's been doing? Is it, it, how, how, I mean, the, she's not the only American hostage right now. I think they got three or four on their plate. We're going to talk about those in the second half together with Elsu's case. But um, how how are you finding the 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 how this what how the State Department is helping? I will be more satisfied when Elsu is designated a wrongfully detained person. We are in touch with the U.S. government. This is why I'm here this week in Washington, D.C. I appreciate all the attention that Elsu's case has been given by the government. Uh, however, uh, I think the formal designation of Elsu by the State Department, by Secretary Blinken, as a formally, uh, as a wrongfully detained person... Which is something the Secretary of State can do unilaterally, is my understanding, right? Or is that a ultimately procedure? It, ultimately, it's his call. Mm -hmm. It's his call. Um, I know that also, I think that also meets most, if not all of the criteria. Um, you know, I think now is the right time to designate her. Uh, I think it will commit uh, the U.S. government to helping secure her release. It will open up some, free up some government resources and will also help us spread the word and raise awareness about Elsa's case. Yeah, I'm. I'm. A, I'm a little. I was going to dive into this in the second half because I was looking at the list of Americans uh, imprisoned in Russia, and most of them have been have been uh, been designated uh, wrongfully detained. Not all of them, but most of them. Um, 
no, while this is all going on, you still got a job to do at RFRL. Um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, how, how, how is that going? I mean, you're still the director of current time television, um, which, which, you know, that, that's, that's a, it's a pretty big job. Uh, a couple of things. How is how is how is this affecting your work, and how is current time and RFE handling this as a story? Well, there's many questions packed in this one, but but uh, well, let me begin by saying that uh, for many of my colleagues, and, and they've expressed this uh, openly to me, uh, it's now personal because also, uh, as you remember, she's so friendly; everybody yeah. loves her. Yeah, and. Um, and so it's painful for, for, for my own colleagues to, to you know, be grappling with this situation. And um, so, yeah, they, they they consider this a personal attack on themselves, too, because she's a friend and uh, she's my wife. And um, uh, but also because, you know, you know, many of my colleagues have Russian passports. They want to be able to, to, to they won't be able to travel back to Russia, see the families. Um, but um so for myself as the director of current time, I, I remain undeterred, undaunted. It, it, uh, I have to lead this uh, um, news organization, which is part of Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty. I am um, lucky to be surrounded by um, uh, journalists, by brave journalists uh, that um, that come from so many countries: Russia, Ukraine, Moldova, Israel. Uh, you know, you name it. We have a very diverse team, all united by the same goal, and that is to deliver uncensored, fact-based, verified information to Russian speakers inside Russia and, and outside of Russia. Uh, and we continue doing our job. Uh, our numbers only grow. Um, our coverage of uh, Russia's war on Ukraine is garnering a lot of attention and, and numbers on social media and on YouTube and on TV. Um, so... Uh, um, yeah, no, I, I do appreciate uh, the support that I'm receiving from my colleagues and uh, and their commitment to to the cause, to the mission. And as you cover this story, it's not your it's not a you know it's 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 not your run of the mill story, right? Yeah. You're the director of current time. You're personally, obviously, personally invested in this, as is the entire company. Well, I try to uh, I, I I try to recuse myself from editorial uh -huh. on this on this story, you know. Um, but you know, we have other editors, and uh, again, I'm grateful. I'm not telling people to cover. You know? Right. No, I don't think you have yeah. to. It's, it's, it's big yeah, story. Yeah, but we have a strong editorial team, and um, uh, what we want to do now, what we're doing, is keeping the story alive. We cannot be relying on on news events. You know, for example, we're expecting a, a, another court hearing this right. week. Uh, but these news events um, for Americans locked up in Russia, they don't happen very often. You know, sometimes you see like this this week we saw Evans detention extended for another two months. But we want us to we keep the story alive. Uh, mm -hmm. Recently, write, tweet, post uh, about Alsu. Um, we want to bring as much attention as possible to to her case. So, um, on on our English language website, also you can you can find some reporting about mm -hmm. Alsu's letters from uh, jail. Go to rfrl.org. Um, uh, our common friend and colleague uh, Rob Colson has been writing about Alsu. So yeah, no, we we're keeping the story alive. It's important, very important for us to do that. 
And outside the kind of RFE media ecosystem, are you happy with the attention? I mean, you you obviously want more, but it, it is getting attention. It's been covered by the New York Times, by the Washington Post. There was been, there's been some editorials. I notice here in D.C. at events in town, it's it's almost always mentioned. Um, I, I uh, in in um in, in well, I'll give you an example. I attended a a, a gala event here in D.C. at the National Press Club. Uh, also, his name was mentioned alongside Evan. Um, and uh, um, um, the Kristen Welker of NBC, and mm-hmm. uh, she came up to me herself. She was very sweet, and um, you know, wanted to say hello to the kids and everything. And yeah, and and in her uh, acceptance speech, she won an award there. Uh, she mentioned also. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very grateful for this kind of attention. I want to be able to talk more to the press. Um. Uh, again, it is. Uh, in, I think it helps also also's cause uh, if we keep the story alive. Yeah. And if we continue talking about this unjust, wrongful detention. And another thing is I mean, that kind of segues into where I want to go in the second part of the program. But um, there are other U.S. hostages. Ivan, you mentioned uh, Paul Whelan, of course. Um, are you? working and talking to the families of other U.S. hostages in Russia? Is there any uh, sense of kind of, you know, getting a common united front here? Because this is this is becoming very blatant. Like Putin is taking American hostages, right? And for 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 his own reasons. I mean, he he has been trading them for for, you know, criminals who are U.S. prisons. Um, and so it, it's clear what's going on there. Are, is is there any is there any collaboration, cooperation, communication with uh, with other? Yes, yeah, uh, you know, I, I've met Evan's parents, uh, very sweet people, and um, you know we've exchanged some stories. Um, and it's just so hard to see them going through this. Um, but uh, I mean, certainly their son does not deserve this. Yeah, and um, and again. One story uh, I heard from his sister uh, Danielle was that you know he's he is and was so committed to, to his job, you know, very much like also and we shared stories how you know on their supposedly days off that they spent time working on stories and and just show, showing so much commitment to what they do. Um, we uh, recognize that these two cases are different, uh, the charges are different, but they are united by you know. But the fact that they're both American citizens and they're held unjustly by the Russian government. And they're both journalists. They're both journalists. Both journalists. I mean, Evan's been charged with espionage, is my understanding. Actually, the first American journalist to be charged with espionage mm-hmm. since the Cold War. Well, that's a good way to segue because I kind of want to go into talking about this kind of broader issue. In a few moments, we'll continue our discussion and look at what the United States government is doing and can do to free Alsu and other U.S. citizens being held hostage by Vladimir Putin's autocratic regime. I'd like to remind you, you are listening to the Power Vertical Podcast, which is produced by the University of Texas Arlington's McDowell Center for Global Studies in partnership with the Atlantic Council. I'm your host. My name is Brian Whitmore. I'm an assistant professor of practice at the UTA McDowell Center and a non-resident senior fellow at the Atlantic Council's Eurasia Center. And joining me from Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty's Washington headquarters is my old friend and former colleague, Pavel Butorin, director of Current Time Television, a 
Russian language channel produced by RFERL in cooperation with Voice of America. I'd also like to remind you, you can subscribe to Power Vertical Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. If you do, please leave us a big fat five-star rating and review as that helps our credibility. You can also access the podcast, read the Power Vertical blog, and access all Power Vertical products at powervertical.org. You can still follow us on that platform that was once known as the Twitter at Power Vertical. And these days, you can also follow us on Threads and Blue Sky at Power Vertical. We want also back. Our daughters want their mother back, and I want my wife back. She must be released. Also, of course, is not Vladimir Putin's first American hostage. That list has been growing consistently over the years. Paul Whelan, a former U.S. Marine, has been in Russian custody since December 2018 and was convicted on dubious espionage charges in 2020. Mark Fogel, a teacher, was arrested in August 2021 when he tried to enter Russia with a small amount of medical marijuana that he had been prescribed for chronic pain. And Ivan Gershkovich, the Wall Street Journal correspondent, was arrested and charged with espionage in March 2023. He, as I noted, is the first American journalist charged with espionage in Russia since the Cold War. Two Americans, WNBA star Brittany Greiner and former U.S. Marine Trevor Reed, were each released this year in prisoner swaps. Greiner was exchanged for the infamous Russian arms trafficker Victor Boat, and Reed was exchanged for Konstantin Yaroshenko, a Russian pilot convicted of drug smuggling. I mean, I, I find it very interesting when these exchanges happen. Like, why is Putin so interested in getting, like, a drug trafficker back? Why is why is he so interested in getting an arms smuggler back? I mean, we know the answer to that. It's a rhetorical question. Um, crime and the regime are are, are, are very tight to, to the point of being indistinguishable from each other. Pavel, looking at this list, and we, we kind of alluded to this in the first half, but Paul Whelan and Ivan Gershkovich have been designated as wrongfully detained, detained by the State Department. Alsu has yet to be granted this designation, which you and RFEL, RFARL have been calling for. I mean, I guess, like, what, what, what's the delay? Why, why, what, what is the State Department telling you? I don't know how much you can talk about this, but like, it, it just seems like a no-brainer to me. It seems a, a no-brainer to me, uh, but, um, you know, uh, at some point, I thought that her dual nationality was an issue, but that's not what I'm hearing. Um, you know, I, um, uh, I'm i not hearing that she does not meet uh, the criteria. She appears to be meeting most of the criteria. Um, I don't really know. I'll be honest with you, Brian. I really don't. Well, I mean, I, I know we got listeners in the State Department. So you all are listening. Okay. Um, come on. What's, what's, what's going on here? This is... Uh, this, this is um... This is a no-brainer. If 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 Paul Whelan's wrongfully detained, then he is wrongfully detained. Uh, look, I don't want, I don't want also to 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 fall victim to political expediency to this to to you know to Washington politics. Mm -hmm. You know, she. I again, I don't work for the State Department. Um, I, uh, if you ask me, the the definition itself applies to also <laughs> she is wrongfully detained she is detained because she is an american mm -hmm. citizen an american citizen and because she works for radio for europe which is funded by uh, the u.s taxpayer right 
Uh, it's absolutely clear to me that she is in prison for political reasons. By the way, Memorial, and I hope the State Department also follows Memorial, the Russian human rights, mm-hmm. um, the Russian human rights group. They have designated also uh, as a political prisoner. Memorial designated her pol- yes. as a political prisoner. Well, that's that, that's that, that's that's important, and and yeah. and and, oh, and it's important to to draw the uh, State Department's attention to this designation because it 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 has a very clear explanation as to why she is a political prisoner, and that, that is again because uh, uh, because uh, political activity is in the very definition of uh, foreign agent right. in Russian law. So she is, even the Russian government can't deny her with a straight face that she's right. a political prisoner. She well, is in prison because of supposedly political activity. But I will say she is not, she is not a political activist. She's not a politician. Right. She's she's not an activist in any sort of sense of, uh, of this word. And and she uh, she's a journalist and a mother of two young children. And I mean, she's not a political activist, but she is. I know, and you you've spoken about this publicly as well. Very active in the Tatar community. Oh yeah. Um, and can, can you talk a little bit about this? Because this is probably an aspect of also a lot of people don't know about. Because she's a kind of a prominent voice in the Tatar diaspora. Also, is um, a very vocal supporter, enthusiast of her culture and language, mm-hmm. the Tatar language. Uh, a language that has been slowly disappearing from schools in her native Tatarstan. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a language that um, is a minority language uh, in Russia, um, but it's spoken by a majority in Tatarstan, mm-hmm. and also his native region. Um, she, for many years, was one of those voices uh, that were when we when they had FM and AM media waves in Russia. Uh, that people listen to in their kitchens and their you know their car stereos. Right. You know she has a very very uh, warm, recognizable radio voice, uh, and uh, you know it's especially disheartening for me to see her behind bars. Right, in native Tatarstan. Yeah, no, I I mean I having worked for a long time at Radio for Europe, I, I remember uh, the, the, this, and she was she was known as somebody in the company. Who had yeah. just had a, had a beautiful. Radio but, you know, Tatars have this uh, uh, this uh, annual holiday called Sabantui, and that's a huge deal. You know, in Tatarstan and and throughout the the Tatar diaspora around the world, and also is a is a is an not just an active participant, but is one of the organizers of this event, and it, uh, you know, for many years. The Sabantu in Tatarstan was attended by officials from Tatarstan, right. with their trade representatives in the Czech Republic. So the same officials whose government are in Exactly. Her, yeah, well, on uh, uh, Moscow's orders, most likely. Right. Yeah, of course, definitely on Moscow's orders. Um, I know also was also active in other, I mean, she there was uh, recently the Czechs celebrated the anniversary of the Velvet Revolution on November 17th, which is Freedom and Democracy Day, which is a national holiday in the Czech Republic. There are all sorts of events. And I know in, in the past also had been very, very active in those events. Um, and there was something of a tribute to her this year, was uh, yeah, so what we do usually, uh, uh, our, our friends uh, and our family, we uh, we usually go ar- around along the uh, student march uh, that in 1989 sparked the Velvet Revolution, and it's a it's a you know, traditional uh, walk that uh, right. many Czechs do, and uh, and also was uh, sorely missed uh, on on the uh, uh, on that day. Um, what happens often is that people can post uh, slogans uh, and, uh, and cards, uh, cardboard cards, 
um, uh, uh, and, and there was um, one tram. Um, Prague is known for it, it, its trams, yes, <laughs> red trams, right? And so, and yeah, and so, and it was so uh, so heartwarming to see uh, a sign that said uh, that that had the free the the free Alsu hashtag on it. It was on a tram in Prague. Yeah. Okay, oh, that's great. That's great. No, I mean this also. Uh, be- Raises another question. I mean, the the only government that's involved here doesn't have to be the United States government. Also, is a resident of the Czech, Czech Republic, uh, permanent resident of the Czech Republic. My understanding, therefore, yep. of, of of the European Union. Um, I, I would also expect, given her Tatar heritage, that the Turks would be interested in this case. Um, that other um, Islamic countries might be interested in this case. Are you getting any support from other governments? Well, well, definitely from the European governments and from the European Union, uh, from Vera Yorova, from other officials, top officials in the European Union. But Turkey is a track that I, I would like us to uh, pursue a little bit more. Um, I would love to see more involvement uh, on the part of Turkey, considering also its Turkic origins, mm-hmm. considering her love of Turkey in general. You know, she she loves that country. She speaks Turkish fluently. She has some ties. She has some ties uh, with Turkey. Um, but I haven't seen anything yet. Um, I understand the complexities of Turkey's right. relationship now with Russia, with Russia Ukraine, yeah. the United States, the European Union, etc. But, you know, uh, again, I call those governments to consider the humanitarian aspect of Alsu's unjust detention in Russia. She's a mother of two young children who went to Russia to help her seek mom. And, 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 you know, and you know Turkey, other Islamic nations. I, I want them to come to to the rescue and to help also get out of that mess. Yeah, no, it's, it's the more noise we can make on this, the better. Again, the the hashtag is free Alsu. Um, it's, uh, we're we're trying to spread that, so uh, please please uh, spread that on your social media, everybody. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch on, and this, I mean, I'm not sure you want to go here. But... Ask away. Bro. Okay, uh, I mean, the last thing I want to go to is is, is the, I mean. Every American that's been freed from Russian captivity has been freed in the prisoner swap. I I noted at the beginning of this section, right? We had we had we had Brittany Griner, the WNBA star, swapped for the notorious arms trafficker Victor Bull. We had Trevor Trevor Reed swapped for a, a, a drug trafficker. Um, has this come up? Is this? I mean, it, it's it's kind of the elephant in the room, right? In a lot of ways, yeah. like. Um, I mean, it does come up in my meetings, but uh, as far as I understand, uh, for that to happen, she should be given this designation. Um, right. Uh, because uh, when someone is um, designated, uh, wrongfully detained, then the case goes from the case goes from consular affairs to to the office of uh, the special presidential envoy for um, for uh, uh, hostage hostages. Yeah. And so, and so, this is why one of the main reasons, really, for us to be able to get this designation. Right. So this goes beyond. I wasn't thinking of it that yeah. way. This goes beyond the kind of symbolic power that that designation has. It actually has bureaucratic actually. repercussions yep. um, and benefits um, because it moves into a much higher profile area and it, and it gets out of consular affairs, which 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 really. I would not imagine has a lot of power to get. No, I'm still grateful for for the attention. Uh, no, that's uh, anything uh, really that, that's helpful is appreciated. But yeah, th- this case needs to be elevated to a new 
a more um, you know, impactful level. Yeah, and like as as I asked, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, I I would think kind of joint efforts with the families of the other hostages to get something going. I mean, just get. I mean, God, there's demonstrations on the on the hill on the mall every every day for one thing or another in this town. Uh, something like that would 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 uh, would 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 certainly garner attention. Um, and listen, America, you know. Also, as an American citizen, I, you know, I have to be saying this yeah. time and again. Uh, it doesn't matter if she has a Russian passport, too. Um, people become American citizens for a number of reasons. I appreciate all of them. In Elsu's case, um, you know, she chose to become an American citizen, not because of economic opportunity. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But because of the American promise of free speech and expression, you know, of the primacy of an individual rights, uh, uh, and uh, we, we became naturalized American citizens, also because we know that America cares about its citizens abroad. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't abandon them in, when they find themselves in, in trouble. So also deserves this kind of attention and this kind of support from the United States government. Yeah, and I, I hope we can make enough noise that she gets the the the, the attention she she does deserve. I, I I wanted to as we wrap up. I wanted to kind of return to your family. I mean, your daughter. God, I remember when your daughters were born. They're teenagers now. I mean, they're old enough to understand what this is all about. Like, how do you talk to them about this? How do you how do you uh, how 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 are you you handling this? Is I mean, they're 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 teenagers now. They're old enough to get this. Oh, they're fully aware uh, when 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 Alsu was um, arrested <laughs> for a second. There, I was kind of hoping that I, I would be able to guard them <laughs> from right. all the news. And then I got home, and they actually show me like our, our news articles. Right, about they, they, so, yeah, right. They, they know everything. Um, yeah, we we talk about it all the time. Um, you know, and in school, you know, teenage daughters they they want to be left. They want to be treated like everybody else. They want any special right. attention. But of course, you know we we appreciate the uh, the um, support that we're getting from the teachers, their friends. Um, but yeah, I, you know, we talk about it all the time. Um, we are able to to you know to to say hello inside some other people's notes to also from the kids. Um, but you know, even at this age, our children are very well aware of the type of regime that is uh, holding also their mother hostage. Um, you know, I am. Um, it's a it's a tough time. It's a tough time. Your daughters are also U.S. citizens. Yeah. Were they children? Oh yeah. No, US they're, they're American U.S. citizens. Okay. And they're not Russian citizens. They're American citizens, and 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 uh, for them, you know, America or not, but especially because they're American citizens, it's just so ridiculous. And it's, it's hard to fathom that their mother is behind bars for being a journalist for something she wrote or may have said on the air. Um, it, it just it doesn't make any sense to the kids, to me either. <laughs> to me, I, but 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 it, it doesn't. It doesn't because we, yeah. Paul, we know what kind of regime this is. We've been covering it together for a long time. We know what we're dealing. What with. what 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 troubles me, Brian, is that you know, growing up, these kids now think that um, being a journalist is associated with risks. Mm. With well, it is. bravery. Yeah. And in an ideal society, this job shouldn't take bravery or courage. You know, we, we should be just telling human stories. Right. 
to other humans so they can make informed decisions about their lives. But we live in a world, and that perhaps goes beyond Russia, where journalists are an endangered species almost. Yeah, yeah. And we're dealing with a regime that is terrified of the truth. I mean, that's what it basically all boils down to. Um, we're bumping up against the end here as I keep my eye on the clock. Um, anything you want to add before we wrap it up? I'll... Well, thank you, Brian, personally for your support. I, I very much appreciate that. Um, and I want people to not to forget about also to spread the word. Um, uh, join our uh, social media campaign, hashtag free also. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm willing to talk about also uh, as a journalist, as a mother, um, as an unlawfully detained American citizen in Russia. Uh, follow me on social media. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter as uh, uh, Pasha Bator. Yeah, still Pasha Bator. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, follow me. I, I try to um, t- to share as much news as I can about also and about current time. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, let me also plug current time, right. current time uh, dot TV. That's a Russian language a television and digital platform at Radio for Europe. And really I, I recommend it to my students who are studying Russian to keep up with the Russian news and to uh, improve their language skills, which we, we all Thank you. do. Um, so, and, I, I, you know, we've, we've been trying to push this. I, I recently gave a series of talks at the University of Texas Arlington, and I had the, the free Alsu hashtag right up there. I, I saw that. I saw that. Thank you for that. Um, we're, we're trying to push it. And, and, and I did notice a lot of my students were, came up to me and asked yeah. me for more information about this. So it's um, so we're, 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 we're trying to push it out there, even even in the great state of Texas. Yeah. Awesome. Um, hey, listen, and we have a very strong advocacy and external affairs team. Uh, they can be reached at press uh, at rfurl.org. So okay. if, you, if you have any pressing. Yeah, I'll put all that stuff in the show notes um, as as well. All right. Well, on that note, we will wrap it up. That's all we have time for this week. I'd like to remind you, you have been listening to the Power Vertical Podcast, which is produced by the University of Texas Arlington's McDowell Center for Global Studies in partnership with the Atlantic Council. I'm your host. My name is Brian Whitmore. I'm an assistant professor of practice at the UT McDowell Center and a non-resident senior fellow at the Atlantic Council's Eurasia Center. And joining me from Radio for Europe, Radio Liberty's Washington headquarters, their spiffy new Washington headquarters, is my old friend and former colleague Pavel Butorin, director of Current Time Television, which is a Russian-language channel produced by RFERL in cooperation with Voice of America. Pavel, thank you for this important, albeit very difficult, discussion. Thank you for having me. appreciate it. Great. And I'd also like to thank our awesome production team. Lance League is in the virtual control room, keeping all the lights on and all the complicated machines well-oiled and in working order throughout our discussion. And Zachary Bell handles our all-important post-production duties, cleaning up my many messes and making me and my guests all sound a lot better than we do in real life. I'd also like to remind you, you can subscribe to Power Vertical Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. If you do, please leave us a big, fat five-star rating and review as that helps our visibility. You can also access the podcast, read the Power Vertical blog, and access all Power Vertical products at powervertical.org. And you can follow us on the website, formerly known as the Twitter, at Power Vertical. And now you can also follow us on Threads and Blue Sky at Power Vertical. And please do as we're trying to build up our following on those new platforms. Join us again next week, and until then, I leave you with the ambient sound mix that's been prepared by our production team. 